Hello. <laughs> right at the same time as always. <laughs> oh my gosh. Welcome back to PS We Have No Plan. I'm Peyton Smith calling in from LA. I'm Emily McMahon is calling in from Nashville. And I'm going to do my best to not talk over you this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. We are yeah. we are back. Um, and we have an amazing guest this episode, which is very exciting. One of my close friends, Sophia Marr. So welcome, Soph. Hi. (laughs) Yes, this episode, we're going to be talking a little bit more about wellness. Um, Soph is a wellness queen and is a spin instructor and um, has completely pivoted her life in a super exciting way that has very much inspired me. And I'm excited to have her share a little bit more about her journey and talk about wellness. Thank you so much for having me on. So excited. (laughs) Oh, we're so happy you're here. So happy. We love having guests and we don't really get to do that often. So this is just so nice. And to get your perspective, because we talk about wellness and health mentally and physically all the time, but to have a professional, like this is, this is super cool. And I'm, I'm hopeful, like you can help me. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do my best. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So I can set the stage just so everyone knows. Soph is, well, we met I don't even know when, like when we were 13 or 14 and we played volleyball together back in high school for club. And Soph and I were super close. She would always come over to my house after school and we'd drive to practice together. She'd make the most amazing playlists because our practice were really far away. Um, so we'd listen to great music in the car. And then her and I actually went to a spin class and um, she fell in love with it. And now is this amazing spin instructor in, in Denver. So um, that's how we know each other, but I know there's so much more <laughs> that yeah. Soph has gone through, but maybe you can start Soph with just sharing like a little bit about yourself and giving yourself a little introduction. Cause you're going to do it better than we can. That was pretty good though. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to think about how much time we actually spent together when we were playing volleyball. Like, I think I was with you from like two 30 to like 10 p.m. some days (laughs) after school. Oh my gosh. Just to interject, isn't it so wild when you think about how long your days of sports are when you were in high school or middle school even? And now I can't even imagine. So long. So So long. So long. Yeah. We spent a lot of time (laughs) practicing (laughs) and traveling and all this stuff. Yeah. We had to do Um, tournaments and all that. Remember? And like all the, it's just like a lot of times. Yeah. Time spent. And we were the setter middle duo so we also had to like connect with that and there's lots of good times <laughs> yeah yeah so many good times um but anyways about me um like Peyton said I'm a spin instructor in Denver and um I made the switch to make myself a full-time um fitness instructor also I work for Viv Cycle um doing almost everything but like my title is marketing um, uh, CMO is as we call it, but it's a small business and we just wanted to give ourselves fancy names, um, when we started. Um, but yeah, three and a half years ago, almost four years now, I converted full time to working with this cycle studio. Um, and it's been crazy wild, but so much fun at the same time. And I'm so lucky to get to do what I do every single day. Um, but yeah, I've, um, from California, obviously moved over here with literally one friend. And I was like, Oh, how do I make friends as an adult? (laughs) This is so wild. And like, I found that fitness um, was a really natural way for me to meet people. And then I started to 
go to more classes and then kind of miss my studio that I had back in Oakland. And then I was, I found Viv Cycle right when they opened and I was like, Oh, I feel like this place is pretty special. Um, so then I taught there for like six months and then I was like, can I work here full time? No. And I was like, yeah, I can. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you, t- your corporate job, you worked at WOW in Denver first. Um, I, so I kind of had a wonky work situation. I worked for Airbnb when I was in San Francisco and then worked remotely when I moved for a couple months. Mm. Um, and then I was having like, I feel like the classic fresh out of college, just like kind of crisis of like, what do I want to do? How am I going to be impactful with what I'm doing? And I knew I really wanted to help the world. And I was really passionate about sustainability, um, just like making people better people. Um, And then also obviously fitness, but like fitness always seemed like something you do like on the side. Like I just watched so many people do that as their side gig or side hustle type deals. I didn't realize that I could make it my full-time gig. Um, So when I moved to Denver, I was like literally juggling so many different jobs. I worked at Lulu. I worked for this compost company and other small business where we literally biked around Denver and picked up compost from residents and like businesses. Wow. And that was, uh, yeah, that was crazy. I was like so excited, obviously, as another small business. I was like, oh, I'm going to, you know, help build this place up. Like, I can't wait to see like all the impact we can make. And then it was just like really exhausting biking around (laughs) in the cold, (laughs) the cold mountains. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, I feel like I do love my like physicality and that I can be an athlete, but like there's a point where I can't like use my brain to function anymore like because I was just like so tired physically from doing that work um but yeah so I was just juggling a bunch of lo- jobs I had um an office job at a media agency right before Viv and then I was like I just am thinking about Viv all the time and I want to like do all these things and have all these ideas like I should just spend all my energy doing that I love that you were able to make that leap because in our last episode Emily and I were talking about these separate passion projects that we've been working on. And there's just so much like stress and anxiety around the, how do you make this a job or how do you like, is that the right move to make this a job? Cause one, mm-hmm. it's like my passion. And is, is it, you know, is it scary to monetize it and will it become no longer my passion if I do that? And then totally. also just like the fear of leaving a cushy situation to go try something. So how did you approach it? Like what, I mean, you were thinking a lot about it, you said, but what, yeah, what happened? Like, what was your mindset? Um, so I originally, so I literally always knew that I wanted to be a lead instructor or like at least some sort of like leadership because I do take like things very seriously. And I've coached club volleyball too, like when I was in college and I just like took coaching really seriously. Um, so I was just like spending obviously a lot of time at Viv uh, while also having my full-time job. Um, and I was just like, even though I'm working an insane amount of hours, like I am just so happy with all these hours that I'm at Viv. And like, that's the kind of thing where, you know, you love something and it doesn't really feel like you're working. Mm-hmm. Um, So I was taking on like all these extra responsibilities of being the head coach at Viv or like, you know, coming up with marketing campaigns or um, social stuff um, and not like actually completing it, but I would just be like, oh, this is a good idea. Like you should try to do this because I didn't have quite enough time aside from being um, a head coach for like all the instructors. Um, But I was just like trying my very best to make 
in a seamless transition where I was like, I know I'm going to have some sort of stability in that transition instead of being like, oh, I don't really know what's going on on the other side. Let me just like take a leap of faith. Like I had my job lined up. Um, I had saved a bunch of money and then I was like, okay, we're going to um, take this leap now, which was actually, um, I had already agreed. So I had two weeks. I told them I was leaving. And then on the day that I was supposed to start at Viv was when um, COVID shut down the world. Oh. Yeah. So we closed for three months and that was interesting. I mean, that in itself is a hurdle. Yeah. And so you add that on top of starting, you know, jumping into your passion. And we've talked about this a lot too. You know, when you leave what you're used to and go to chase what you love, you will take on whatever you want. You will take on five jobs or whatever it takes because you found what you love. And yeah. it's it's amazing what you can do for yourself when there's passion behind it, you know? Totally. And I would love to know, you know, obviously there's a, a huge physical element to what you do, spinning, but leaving your corporate job and then doing spinning full time, did that affect your mental health at all? It actually, I, more than I realized, so obviously the transition into COVID like turned us into survivor mode where it was just like, uh, we have to try to figure out how to make some money some way or like what's going to happen when like things open back up. And like, there's just so many mo moving parts where it wasn't so much thinking about like, I was more concerned with Viv surviving instead of like me getting laid off mm -hmm. or like anything like that. Um, so I wasn't really thinking too much about myself because I really saw in those like first six months that we were open, I was like, this is something so special. Like the way my teammates like care to make this a really inclusive, fun environment, but also a challenging environment is like, was so special to me. So in that first beginning period, I was like, just grinding, you know, like let's have a run club while we can't be at the studio. Let's post YouTube um, videos, which are so atrocious to look back at now. <laughs> And like when we first started posting on YouTube, all the songs would get blocked, um, oh, which was so oh, annoying. Yeah. Um, and then my owner um, was like, can you guys like just post the playlist on Spotify and then you just do it in silence recorded. And I was like, you want me to just be screaming up there in silence <laughs> with like literally no sound, no music oh behind my it. God. Oh. <laughs> but we worked it out. We figured out a way where we didn't get blocked. But yeah. Um, so it didn't really come down until like we started getting people back in the studio of like equating your success with a number of like having people coming to your class or, you know, memberships being sold um, and then coming to your class like that took a big toll on me um, more recently, like in the last six months or so. Um, and like I've been doing a lot of work and like I went to therapy for the first time because I was like I feel like I am a very confident person I've like never changed for anyone but there's like a part of me that like equates my success to people coming to my classes um and so like sometimes I don't like feel bad like you know about myself or like what am I doing wrong did I offend that person what did I say and I like I'm doing so much work currently to be like I know what I'm doing People can like me for who I am. And if they don't like me, like they can go elsewhere. And that's the beauty of like having multiple different types of coaches at a studio or multiple different types of fitness things in a city. So yeah, that was, that was the most challenging thing for me of is getting over that. And currently, and sometimes I'm great at it. And sometimes now I'm just like 
still terrible about it and feel bad about myself. Um, but we're working on it and it's been feeling better and better. That's really Long, hard. That's a really good answer to that. No, that's I mean, a great that's, answer. that's a great answer. That's what podcasts are for. That's why we, that's why we love yeah. this. this. We love medium. talking. Yeah. yeah we <laughs> Trust love talking. us. We have long answers at times. Uh, always. No answer. <laughs> um, I, I feel like, um, I was able to go to a Viv cycle class, which was really exciting. My little mm. sister came with me and my sister-in-law for Christmas break. We went and visited my parents and it was just so awesome. So f- to see, which I feel like we haven't really talked about after, but it was so cool. Like the community aspect, the fire alarm went off halfway through the class and I was like, oh my God, shit, like what's going to happen? I was so excited, like finally taking this class. And um, I was like, everyone's going to go and everyone's going to leave because we're it's, it's snowing outside or it was super <laughs> cold outside, but everyone stood outside, waited, like cheered for Soph. They're like, we're, yeah, we're going to wait. And I was like, yeah, we're going to wait. <laughs> it's like, I was we're so, waiting. It was just, I was so stressed. Community. I know, oh. I know. But like, it was this amazing community feel and everyone packed back into the, to the studio and we all finished the class and people were cheering and still super excited and hyped. And it was like, I just don't know if that would happen at like a, soul cycle for example like I don't know I feel like it it was the community aspect of what you've built there so I mean for what it's worth I'm super proud and you should be too so if that was such an amazing experience going and and thank you so much it does seem like I mean people wouldn't stand out in a snowstorm for just anybody so you have to be a good coach for that and they want to come back to you and I also think there have to be challenges when your your profession revolves around Totally. Others wanting to be there or like wanting totally. to take place. Yeah. Cause it, I would imagine it's not just about the instructor too. Some people get off of their routine or they can't make it or, you know, life gets in the way, but you can't help but think it's me. And I, I can relate to that. I think a lot of us can, cause you, you just care so much. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. And I like have gone through waves of, you know, telling myself those things, like it's not about me particularly there's so many different factors that play into people's decision to come into class and all that stuff um and but like sometimes you just like get so wrapped wrapped into it you know it's like you want to be successful you want to have people in class and at one point it was like you know having people in class meant that we were going to be able to survive Mm -hmm. um and I think I hold a lot of that sentiment still where right now it's we're coming out of um, the dip from COVID, which hit us really, really, really hard. And like, we're finally getting out of it. I'd say like the beginning of this year, we're just like, okay, we can like finally not have to like beg people to come take class with us. Like people can walk in on their own and stuff. And so I do think that having that experience where it was like, if people aren't in your class, that might mean that Viv might die. And so like, Mm -hmm. I have a lot of emotions attached to that sometimes. And these days it's feeling obviously so much better, like for the majority of the time. Yeah, seriously. I mean, that's amazing. And I, I feel like I'd love to learn from you about just wellness in general, because I think that's something it's a topic Emily and I talk about often, like for me as an athlete, my wellness journey or whatever you want to call it, like that's shifted so much over time. And I've had to redefine what wellness means to me because it was a bit restrictive when I was in that type of lifestyle. So it's like, how has it shifted for you? Has it changed? Have, have you evolved? Like what, how do you define it now? 
Yeah. So in, when I first got out of college, which was probably the same for you, it was like, um, you don't know what to do with yourself. So you're like, okay, I like kind of went full force into running, um, and like definitely did it to an unhealthy amount where I was like very rigid with how much I needed to run and how fast I needed to run and all this stuff. And, um, I also like got unhealthily obsessed with health where I was like reading too many books and like having to change my diet. And I went vegan, which there's no shame to vegans, but like I, um, I'm half Chinese and half Mexican. So there's like a lot of cultural things that are really important to me that have to do with eating fish and eating meat and stuff. And I like really neglected those things. I like was actively sad Mm. about not eating them. And I'd be like, no, but I got to do it for my health so I can live 800 years. (laughs) Um, and then I just like learned the balance of obviously nourishing your soul and like, and nourishing like your body and like, there's a good balance to it. Um, but with spinning, like I kind of found that pretty obviously early with you, Peyton, but, um, when I graduated college, I like took some classes and then I was like, oh, this is just like fun. Like it's fun Mm -hmm. vibes. You don't have to like think too much, which is really nice because I feel like in sports, like you just spent so much time thinking and stuff. So it's like a very different thing where you just like clip in, you're there, you listen, and then you just act. And then you can also just like feel really cool and badass when you listen to cool music. Um, so I just got really, um, excited about that really quickly because I also love music, obviously. We're big fans. Yeah. Yes. Emily's in the music music. industry too, which is amazing. So I, what music has been like, is for all of us, such a cool, important thing, but I totally agree. I feel like spin is such a, especially your classes are just so it's more about moving to the rhythm and having fun. It's like a dance party on a bike versus. Yeah like what we used to do is training for a certain goal. And this is, this is more about like enjoying the community and listening to good music, which I love. Totally. Yeah. And just like, you can really like smile in class, like probably every 30 to 15 seconds, which I think is just so in other workouts, it's not that way. Like you don't see me running for like 16 (laughs) miles, just like smiling the whole time or laughing Mm -hmm. or giggling or anything. And in at Viv, like you're just, you're guaranteed to have a giggle with the people in class or something's going to happen and you're just going to come out making a new friend or something like that. Um, so that it was also the same way at my old studio back in California at Ride Oakland. Like everyone was just like really close and, um, enjoyed being with each other and stuff. And I was like, Oh, this is, this is nice to just like have a place you go. That's not work. It's also a community where you can go Mm -hmm. and like be excited to see people. Oh yeah. I mean, I, and I don't come from the same background, background as you guys. I, I swam throughout all of my life, but I was not an athlete. I'm I'm definitely not gifted in that area. I've had to work hard just to like maintain being able to do it, but it's, it's comforting in a weird way, knowing that you guys went through this ups and downs of fitness just like somebody that's not totally gifted in it. Like for myself, I've gone through the waves and I've gone extreme and then completely off. And it's kind of going through those where you learn what works for you and really what you have to do to stay well. Oh, absolutely. I feel like, I feel like everyone goes through that at some point in their lives. Mm -hmm. It's just interesting to your point, like the athletes you would, you would imagine wouldn't have that struggle as much or would know what to do outside of the gym, but it's like we had trainers and in college, like nutritionists and 
weightlifter, weightlift trainers and coaches, like everyone, we had a team of people telling us exactly what to do. And also certain body parts had to be certain ways to help you reach certain goals. Like I was a middle, so I was supposed to jump super high. So my legs and my calves and my butt and all those things had to be like super strong. So it was just so much more about what your body could do to achieve a goal versus how do I feel good? How do I stand tall? How do I you know, gain confidence or get mental clarity or like the the types of things that I personally now use fitness for. Um, so performance based, which gives me a little bit of anxiety thinking about all the things we had to do to like perform at a certain level. Yeah, it totally does. And in a way, I think it can maybe turn you against it for a little bit of time because it is so heavy on just the stress and pressure of how you need to perform. And if you don't perform, you're letting somebody else down or your team doesn't win or whatever it might be so that you've, that you have found now the other side of that, that it just gives you happiness and release. I mean, I think that that's, that's the ultimate goal. Totally. Yeah. What is your take though, Soph? Cause I feel like I sometimes come about this where, where, where I have a lot of fear around people being like, Oh my God, she's fallen off. Like she can't even run anymore. She can't even finish a spin class without like breathing too heavily or whatever, because I, I was this athlete for so many years. Like, what do you think about this? Do you ever question people? You're obviously still in the fitness industry. So you're, you're in great shape still, Mm -hmm. but what is that? How do you feel about all of that? I know. So like quite a few, I often in my class talk about being an athlete and like just my experience coming out of it throughout it. And like, there's a lot of people that will come up to be like, Oh my gosh, yeah, I was an athlete too. And so many people will say that like, once they're done, they're just like, I'm not working out, you know, until Mm -hmm. further notice, which is a very normal thing. I think in a really normal response to like, finally having like the forced sprints and the forced weightlifting sessions, like, mm-hmm. um, you know, having to do those. Um, so I think like, obviously I'm, I'm all for like, everyone's in their own journey in life and like their mm-hmm. own waves, kind of like we said. And like, um, I obviously am all for like, if you need to just sit and do nothing, like sit and do nothing. Like if that's good for your mind at the moment, do that. If you, if walking is like, all you want to do like I'm all for that do that um because I think it is obviously like you can get burnt out and I think that's the biggest thing is when you're an athlete like burnout is just so common especially like I feel like in the d1 where it's just like oh my god when does this end type Mm -hmm. deal and there's like obviously great memories with being on a team but like Mm -hmm. the work that you put in to play on that team is like really wild to be honest for like just we're we're just, you know, college gals just, you know, trying to, (laughs) trying to get by. And like, my team wasn't even good. And it's like, why, why are we dying every single (laughs) 5am, like Monday through Friday? Like, I literally feel like I'm in a coffin. No, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Like sometimes when I talk about it and um, I bonded with a lot of people Mm -hmm. like at Viv about this too, where it's just like, holy cannoli, that experience was so crazy. And like, I think at all collegiate athlete levels like d1 d3 um it is a lot of work and time you put in so like having that time after you're just in like i'm free i'm doing nothing mm. i'm like just i'm falling off of it i think it's so respectable and like obviously praise anyone for like taking time that they need 
Yeah, no, I think it is so funny. It's like, and Emily, you've, you've asked this before. You're like, how do you have the stamina to do so much shit in your day? Like your lists are so long. You have like all these different things you try to accomplish. And I'm like, I bet a big reason is because being a student athlete growing up, we had this mentality of always hit the next goal, always push your body or push your mind, push so much of it was mental strength. Like how far can you push your mind to, to then trick your body into pushing it further. Mm -hmm. And so it was this in some ways toxic, of course, but in other ways, like this really awesome way to grow up, because I do feel like at least personally, I've taken away a lot of goal oriented things from that experience and pushing myself and and growing and doing a lot in a day. And I find that to be helpful, you know, as oh, yeah. well. So there's two sides to the coin, but it is an interesting thing. Totally. Both experienced. It's so interesting. And something that we talk a lot, so Sophie about is like, where do you keep pushing yourself? And where is the line where you need a break? And sometimes it's so hard to know where that line is. And we struggle with that. And and I bet a lot of people do because there are many times where like, I just got to push through this. Like I need to do this. This is the right thing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it is running a couple miles, like this is good for me. I need to be doing this. Or what is that line where I am overwhelmed? There's too much going on right now. I need to rest my mind and just rest my body. And and I think that's really hard to like totally. find that freaking line. Yeah. yeah. How do you find that, Soph? Um, I've actually been thinking about this so much because when I'm in my spin class, there's obviously 40 people and I'm like coaching all 40 of them. But it, like, I feel like such a common thing in spin classes that people push over that line like constantly. I feel like there's mm. literally ner- news articles about this where there's some sort of uh, medical response where you push too far when you haven't worked out for a long time, something mm. like that. Um, and you can get like really sick. Um, so I've been trying to like think about how I know where my line is or like can, you know, base off my just how my body feels, how my mind feels um, and then push off that. And so I talk about that so often in class, like if you feel like you're ready to roll, you feel like you're have control of your breath. Like you can, we have mirrors obviously facing the bikes. Like if you can see yourself and you're like riding relaxed, chest high, breathing easily, that means like you're doing it with good form and you can like push yourself. The moment you start to like see yourself like crunching up or like, you know, you're like this or you're seeing stars or, you know, you literally cannot breathe. Like take it easy, Mm -hmm. sit down, take a rest. It's not a big deal at all. Um, and I feel like that's such a, such a common thing where I'm like, oh my God, they're working <laughs> overtime right now. And like, it's not, it's not about that. It's like, it's about building, especially in my class, like it's about building up really great form and breath and mentality. And then you can start to push yourself and then you can like start to push little by little. But like, if you try to push, say you're here and you're trying to push here, but you need to push here. Like you're just going to kill yourself and it's going to be a bad experience all around. So that's how I do it in class. As far as for myself, um, I think I've really done a lot of trial and error with it. Like, obviously I went on that really far end of things when I got out of college and I was running a lot and I was like really tired physically and my body wasn't feeling good. Um, And so I learned kind of through that. I was like, okay, when my body actually hurts, that means slow down. When I feel like I literally you know, you're talking to someone and you're like, I can't form a sentence right now because I'm so tired. Like mm. that's a sign. Like I need to do something in my life that is benefiting my rest and 
maybe that means like riding off my bike more and not actually riding the bike for the whole class, which I've been doing a lot more, which I was always afraid in the beginning that people would judge me for not riding my bike um, because we ride the whole class with um, typically the class. Um, and now I've been like, these are my boundaries. I'm feeling tired in order to be my best for my riders and for myself, I need to take this rest and you're not going to judge me for it. It's what I always say in my head. Yeah. I feel like that's an interesting point you bring up too, which is the visibility of your job. Like you're physically being looked at and, um, this literal like pillar of what you're like the example, right. Uh, Right. In this class and how, and spin clothes typically are very like, you know, revealing, I guess, or quote unquote, like you wear leggings in your sports bra. Like how has body image played a role for you in this career path or has it? It hasn't really too much. I actually had a really hard time with body image when I was in college. Um, and when I got out, I realized like I did, like, I didn't realize it when I was in college, I had it, but Uh, when I got out, I was like, whoa, I just like felt really insecure constantly about, you know, being really strong and feeling like I wasn't like looking like, you know, the um, sorority girls who are obviously not as muscular and toned and like not even toned. It's like, we just had huge muscles. Like we were maxing out every week and stuff. And I was like feeling really bad of myself in college about that. And then after once I realized, I was like, wow, I did not feel good about myself. I did not feel proud of my like really strong body that I worked really hard for that like was just unstoppable at the time because I constantly was like doing, trying my very best, Um, which is then once I realized that I think going into this job and, you know, pushing myself and being strong, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like to have ripped arms, to have like, I always, always so insecure about my traps being so big. But like, this just means I'm strong and this just means I'm healthy. And I don't like, I don't look down on it as I used to. Um, So that's been a good thing for me. And I'm glad that I like caught myself early with that. Um, Because obviously when you are doing, working out, I feel like we were taught by the generation above us that like you're working out for perfect physique. Mm -hmm. Um, But we just have to change the narrative. Like, we're working out to feel strong, working out to have confidence, not in your body type, but like just in yourself and like who you are. Um, so totally. I think I've done a good job changing my own like internal narrative around that. Yeah. I mean, you're helping me with mine because I struggle with that all the time. I think just society around us and social media, like I, I fall victim to that all the time and working in an industry that has the spotlight on so many people. And so you're constantly comparing looks and whatever body types, but what you're saying is like spot on. It's, it's about your relationship with yourself and your health. And that that's all, that's all. It's not somebody else's opinion and you're not letting somebody else down, whether you're really on it one day or not the other. And the, and that's, I think that's so important sometimes though, to realize you're not letting yourself down. It's okay. Totally. Oh yeah. That's why Emily and I were doing like this wellness series on this podcast where we were checking in and setting a goal for ourselves around wellness. And then this, this last, I I feel like at the start of this year, right. Um, we, we Mm -hmm. changed our wellness, we expanded our wellness goals because, um, 
it can mean so many different things. And like for both of us, we were feeling mentally and emotionally quite exhausted. So we're like, cool. What if our wellness goal is like journaling every morning and saying affirmations at night about, you know, what, what we want out of life or what we are appreciative of our bodies. And I think people forget about the internal narrative and the saying, like you were saying out loud to your class, like, or saying out loud in your head about like, they're not going to judge me. I'm doing just fine. I'm going to set boundaries to myself. That's also a part of wellness and fitness and health is, is having that healthy mental dialogue. Right. And also point where if somebody does judge you, well, that's their fucking problem. It takes time (laughs) to get there, but it's, it's true. It's like, well, okay, you're judging me. Good for you. That just says more about your character than anything. Absolutely. Have you guys read the book before agreements? No. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, you should read it. I, my coach in college had the whole team read it. Um, and I really took taken a lot of things away from it that like ring in my head constantly. And then I just reread it like a couple weeks ago. Cause I have been feeling like you guys like physically tired and like emotionally, like really, really tired emotionally. And I just feel like the whole idea of, you know, I'm, I see a ton of people all the time and I'm like talking to people all the time at Viv in person. And I just felt like I was not necessarily feeling like they're judging me, but just like creating my own assumptions in my head Mm -hmm. about like what they're thinking. And I was like, I know this is not healthy, healthy for me. I need to like have a level set. And so reading that book is basically about like not making assumptions um, that if someone is judging you or saying like bad things about anything or anyone or you like, that's their problem. Um, so it's just like a really nice, just grounding book to help just give reason to why people act a certain way or just internally how you can control your own um, reactions to what people are doing. Um, so that was really helpful. I highly, highly recommend. Oh, I love that. What's yeah. it called again? The Four Agreements. And it's Real short, I think it's like a hundred pages. Like, bing, bang, boom, done. That's my speed. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and M loves self help books and things. I of that do. Part, so I feel like that would that one kind of aligns with what you're interested in too. Em. Yeah, I, I will definitely read. So. Um, so I want to, I wanted to ask you, I know we're coming to an end. There's just so much we can talk about. With you. I know. Maybe we can oh, have you on again. Like- I know, <laughs> I know. Um, I wanted to ask around social media. Cause I think another piece of your, um, what's so cool about your career is like you mentioned, you're a CMO, you're, you're thinking about marketing and social media and, and you're building this really awesome platform across all these different digital medias. How do you see social media? Are you, is it another thing that you kind of need to monitor? Are you sort of like just using it as a marketing tool? What, what do you think? Oh my God. Social media. I hate it, but I also (laughs) love it. Yeah. But I also hate it. Um, I feel like we both got on TikTok like the same time, same time and we're like posting a ton. Mm -hmm. And that like was really fun for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like, Oh my God, you got to post 8,000 videos to like even get some sort of like notoriety and I was doing it at first to like see if people we could get people from Denver to come in or like mm-hmm. follow us on Instagram because we also do have an on-demand platform. So I started doing it like that. And then like videos would get traction and then videos wouldn't. And then I started getting addicted to it. And then mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that just has become a whole thing where I've recently just been trying to like tone it back a little bit. But 
my idea behind it is for myself, like I want to have some sort of name for myself and like some sort of following for myself um, because I've worked really hard and like I, I don't take my classes lightly. I don't take my time on the mic lightly. And so I just like want to spread that as wide as I can and get people to come from Denver, get people to come from out of state, which actually a lot of people have they've flown they've like coming to denver not just to see me oh my gosh i know uh, they will they will they they already have a trip planned and then they stop by to see me but still that's good enough um but yeah quite a few people which like blows my mind that they're like oh yeah i saw you on tiktok or i saw you on instagram reels i'm just like this is so cool um because i mean like with instructing my main goal is is just to help people and like create a really positive environment and like so much to do with the book that I just talked about where you just feel really good about the way you can live your life and that anyone else that brings negativity to your life like it doesn't have to do anything with you and that's what I just want to create like really really amazing people and help people feel amazing and confident and all that stuff so I was like social media is such a great way to like obviously expand my reach um but it's really hard and it's really hard to get negative comments and um I don't know just feel that's another one where you feel judgment from people even though they might not even be doing anything I just like feel judged when I post sometimes mm-hmm. um so it's been definitely really hard men- to, mentally to to manage that and probably has to do with like my emotional fatigue too because you like put so much time into videos and stuff um and you want to share who you are and you want to share something that's special about you and stuff and so it feels vulnerable and then sometimes it like cannot be received well which I haven't experienced too much but I have had a lot of um trolls on like my viral videos which is sad (laughs) so sad and I think you're right though the people that are doing that are are the ones that aren't aren't doing anything right and so it's easier to poke at what you're doing wrong instead of what they're doing wrong for sure right it's Mm. just like the silliest things where people are just so angry about the way I ride a bike or you know just the way I we had um one of my TikToks went viral of my friend they the couple met at Viv and then they got married and so we had like a fake wedding at the studio on the bikes and like people were just absolutely ripping us to shreds about how stupid we were and stuff and I was like what on earth is wrong with you guys this is literally a happy moment and there's like, how could you have your real wedding at a spin studio? Just like, oh. Mind just, your own yard. It doesn't no. have anything to do with you. Yeah. I didn't get the comments on like, I mean, on TikTok, I feel like they're pretty ruthless um, on Instagram too. But TikTok, I feel like you can get like up likes for commenting. And mm-hmm. so if you think you have something that's going to stick with another person, even if it's a really shitty comment like people still comment it because they want to get a little shot at fame um which I think is kind of sick but I just ignore and I've also been just deleting now which I really like good for you yeah because it definitely sucks when you look at someone else's video and like someone's hating on them just like ah this is such bad vibes even if the video obviously it's good vibes it's like I'm really big on not don't leave that stuff up social media man 
we, we struggle talk, with it all the time. Yeah, we always talk about it because it, it is such a fun. It is such a fun place to like make fun videos and making t- in in this digital world. It's fun to share little videos or photos or things. And Emily and I both love it so much. But yeah, that is so scary. As well mm-hmm. as like past people seeing you and being like, "Who are?" <laughs> Who is this person trying to post this little video, you know? So there's so much that goes into it, but I think at the end of the day, you, you just have to, you know, protect yourself and delete what you need to delete and turn off when you need to turn off and just really see it for what it is, which is just a platform to share, you know, what you're up to. Yeah. Just do your best, release the expectations as hard as it is, but just keep doing your best and do what makes you happy. Yeah. And I truly love making videos and like, Sometimes I forget that when I'm trying to like, there is a while on TikTok um, and I'm sure you relate to this too, Peyton, where I was like, let me post three times a day. (laughs) Like, let me just get after it. Um, And I love making videos, but I was like, I feel like I'm losing the love for it as I'm trying to just like post so much. And so I think um, enjoying the process is really, really important. And I'm learning that. And then also not like, being like oh my god how many people liked it oh my god who commented mm-hmm. just like mm-hmm. tossing it away and that's it it's up that's what I wanted I wanted to share that and then um, I can come back to that another time exactly thank you so much so for joining that was such a helpful conversation around wellness and social media and the fitness industry and giving us tips and tricks and book recommendations we're excited for that one yeah and let we'll me know to- what you think yeah we will and we'll have to have you back on because I feel like this was such a engaging um episode so thank you um you're the best thank you everyone for listening you're the best oh it's been so fun that we've been able to stay connected like after all these years literally like 13 years really yeah I guess wild wild um well, this was amazing. And thank you everyone for listening. We we post a new episode every Thursday. Follow us. P.S. We have no plan across all social medias. And then Soph, how do we follow you? You can follow me on Instagram. It's at Smof, which I've had my handle since I was in high school. Um, it's S and then four M's O-P-H. And then the same thing on TikTok. Um, and then follow VivCycle also if you're into cycling um, and want to come by in Denver. Um, so it's obviously the best time. I'm not biased, but it's the best time ever. It is. <laughs> okay. Thank you, everyone. We'll talk to you later. I woke up in the morning and the sun broke through the open curtains. The birds sang too and they said, this is a